Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, a very special episode this week. If you are actually listening to this on the day that the episode comes out, it is October 2nd. 2018, the second day of National Customer Service Week, by the way, which is not necessarily what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about today is something big that's happening today, and that's what's making this a special episode of Amazing Business Radio, and that is today is the release of my new book, The Convenience Revolution, How to Deliver a Customer Service Experience that Disrupts the Competition and Creates Fierce Loyalty. And who doesn't want that? So what's going to make this particular episode special is that we are not going to have a guest interview. Basically, I'm going to talk for about the next 20, 25 minutes or so, and I'm going to tell you all about the convenience revolution and give you ideas that you can use. Hopefully, you'll be intrigued to want to go out and buy it today. It's available at Amazon.com or at www.beconvenient.com. And uh, hey, let's jump right into it. I want to start off by sharing with you that within the book, there are six areas uh, that I call the convenience principles. We're going to be talking about each of those six areas. But for the first few minutes, I want to give you a little bit of the history of this book and the concept of convenience. So about a year and a half or so ago, just before I was getting ready to come out with the book that I wrote that came out last year, uh, the uh, Be Amazing or Go Home book, I started looking at all these different companies and these different people that I was writing about. And I go, what is it that intrigues me about them? What is it that they're doing that really, it, you know, who are the rock star companies? It's not just that they're delivering great service. What is it that they're doing? And somehow it, it just clicked in my brain. They're just easier to do business with. But I started looking into this, and I started looking at all the different ways these companies are being convenient for their customers, and I went, holy cow, this is worth writing about, and I can't find another book that's really focused on these, what I call, convenience principles. But let's go back to the original concept of convenience. When did the convenience revolution begin? And I've done a lot of digging around, and I found some articles about Justinian the Great, the Eastern Roman Emperor during the Byzantine Empire days. And this happened in around 534 AD, and that's the year that the uh, Justinian Code came out. It was, uh, I think the Latin word for it was Codex Justinian or something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, what he did is part of the code was that he made a decree that each major crossroad of the Byzantine Empire would feature a store to enable people to buy the daily necessities of life, which in other words, he had the first convenience store of all time. And I believe here it was for the focus of the convenience of the citizens. That's a term that was loosely translated out of that. And when I think back about that, wow, convenience store. And then you jump to 1927, which is about 14 centuries later, when there was a gentleman, Jefferson Green, and they called him Uncle Johnny. And Uncle Johnny was working at Southland. Southland Ice Company had about 21 ice stores, and they sold blocks of ice. And you would buy a block of ice, 
and put it in your ice box, and that's what would keep things cold, like your milk and your dairy products and anything else that you wanted to keep cold. Well, one day he shared an idea with his boss, and his boss said, yeah, give it a try. And that was to, he put some eggs and some milk and some basic necessities of life on top of these blocks of ice. And people said, "Uh, is that for sale? And sure, it's for sale. And guess what? It was the first convenience store of all time. They started selling basic necessities. Much smaller inventory than a typical grocery store, obviously. And you know what? Even a little bit more expensive. Well, those 21 stores expanded And today, there are more than 64,000, actually almost 65,000 stores, and they're known as 7-Eleven. So that is truly the history of the convenience store and obviously many more brands in the convenience store. But before we take a short break, I want to tell you what else intrigued me is that a gentleman, Warren Danziger, sent me a response to a newsletter article that I wrote in my Shepherd Letter. By the way, if you're not subscribed to the Shepherd Letter, you should go to hiking.com, my website, and you should subscribe. It's a free newsletter. It comes out every week with a cartoon that's based on a really important, uh, what I would call, customer service tactic. Most of the time, it's tactical. Here's something you can do. Sometimes it's strategic, but most of the time, it's it's a how-to. Anyway, Warren uh, had his HVAC unit, uh, air conditioning, furnace. He had to check twice a year. A lot of people do that, and the company comes out, and they, they check it out, the HVAC company. And at the end of any, when he paid his bill, the company thanked him and offered him a coupon. They sent him a coupon. They said, print it out and hold on to it, and six months from now, uh, remember to present it to the repair person, and they'll give him a percentage off. Now, Nice of the company to do that, but Warren wrote back, and this is what he wrote back to the company. Thank you for the coupon. Why is the onus on me to save the coupon for six months and to remember to present it to the repair person? If you really mean it, make a note in your computer file and automatically deduct it from my next service call. Aha. Warren recognized what I refer to as a friction point that that company may or may not have been aware of. They thought they were probably doing a really nice thing, but you know what? Warren was right. Make it easier for me to do business with you, and I'll reciprocate by giving you my business. And asking somebody to hold on to a coupon is just a little bit crazy. Anyway, those are the types of things that are in this book, The Convenience Revolution. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk to you about the six convenience principles. We're going to talk a little bit about Amazon because Amazon is what I would consider the most convenient store on the planet. Within the book, there's an additional 35 case studies, everything from companies like, oh, another big one, Walmart, to a small local car dealership, to uh, a small uh chain of banks, a small group of banks that figure out how to disrupt the competition by simply being more convenient. And how about some companies that not only disrupted competition, but disrupted entire industries by using convenience? All that and more when we come back from Amazing Business Radio. We'll be right back. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, What can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. 
To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and we are going to talk about the six principles of convenience. And what I'd like to do is simply give them to you very quickly. Then I want to talk a little bit about Amazon, and then I want to get into each one of these convenience principles one at a time and give you some deeper insight into all of them. All right. So, uh, by the way, throughout the book and for today's uh, show, I'm going to be referring to the customer as a customer. They may be a client, a patient, a guest, a member, anything you call the people that you do business with. And you know what? We also have our internal customers. Almost everything that I'm talking about today could apply to an internal customer as well with a little bit of thought and creativity. So number one is reducing friction. And this is throughout all six of the convenience principles. There's some element of reducing friction, but some companies have actually used this as their total value proposition. If you think about the easiest companies in the world to do business with, one of the things is they eliminate friction. Just to give you an example, coming up, we'll talk about Amazon, but like the one click ordering. It's just once you're once you're in the system uh, and they have you and you log in and you you know decide what you want, you don't have to go and fill out a form. You just one click and get it. That's an example of reducing friction. Self-service, where you let your customers take control. And that could be everything from customer service type self-service on the web or maybe you're going into a store and there's self-service checkout. So there's an example of self-service. Technology. Companies are doing amazing things with technology and apps and all types of different ways they're using technology to create a better, convenient, and easier experience. Number four is the subscription model. Subscription. It's not just for magazines and newspapers anymore. Companies are figuring out ways to get their customers to subscribe to whatever it is they sell. And it's sometimes it's tangible. Sometimes it's just the service. Uh, number five is delivery. That's obvious. Take it to the customer. And finally, number six is access. Access is about uh, hours of operation, how convenient you are to the customer, you know, logistics, that type of thing. So those are the six convenience principles, reducing friction, self-service, subscription, technology, delivery, and access. So we're going to break them down, but let's start by breaking them down with the case study of Amazon, the most convenient company on earth. Uh, I love this quote from Jeff Bezos. If you're competitor-focused, you have to wait until there's a competitor doing something. Being customer-focused allows you to be more pioneering. And I can't think of a company today, uh, obviously there's Apple and some other great technology companies, but think about what what uh, Amazon has done. Apple is just a great player. Microsoft is just a great player, and they compete against each other. But what happened is, is Amazon came along, and they said, you know what, we're going to get into the book business. We're going to sell books. We're going to do it differently. We're not going to have a brick-and-mortar store. We're going to go to the web. We're going to build a website, and we're going to have every book. I mean, so many more books that that bookstores can't even keep in inventory. We're going to have those books. And you know what else? We're going to sell them at a really reasonable price. And we're going to make it really easy because it's on a website. It's 24-7. We're going to deliver them 
to the customer. Well, that's what Amazon did. They're absolutely amazing. And if you look at all the different things that they're doing today, let's let's break down some examples in each of the convenience uh, principal categories. Reducing friction. Well, it's obvious. They are reducing friction. They're so easy to do business with. You go on, you like what it is, and then you click a button and, and it's sent to you. Uh, and obviously, the sent to you is delivery. Clicking a button is technology. You're doing it yourself. That's self-service. It's not like a salesperson is helping you out. And as far as logistics and access goes, well, they're open 24-7 all of the time, 365 days a year. They're never down unless the internet goes down, I guess. Uh, so they're available. But just to give you an idea, reducing friction, that's what they do. Let's talk a little bit about self-service. You're doing it all yourself. They've eliminated the salesperson. If you want help, you go on and you search in their help topics. And here's what's really cool is you'll almost always be able to find what you're looking for. And if you can't find what you're looking for, then they will call you. You don't even call them. You say, would you like us, they ask, would you like us to call you? You put in a number and they call you uh, at a determined time. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, technology, you know, there's so much that Amazon is doing technologically uh, advanced and experimenting and trying. And by the way, they forego a lot of their profit to be innovative Getting, getting customers to be uh, a better experience. And as a result, they get, they get them to be more loyal to them because they like what Amazon's doing. One of my favorite technologies is the dash button. Think of a door button, a doorbell, a doorbell that you ring the doorbell and, you know, ding dong, and somebody comes and answers the door. Well, think about a little doorbell looking device that is specific to a brand, something that you use over and over again. It could be something you eat. It could be Crest toothpaste. It could be, uh, it could be Tide washing detergent. So let's say you're the washing machine. You have this little button, and every time you notice you're getting low on detergent, you don't even have to open your computer anymore to order detergent from Amazon. Just push the dash button. It will send a message to you. Uh, for you to simply confirm, and you can use your mobile phone to confirm, yes, I didn't accidentally push the dash button, and then it just shows up. Uh, depending upon uh, where you are, it could show up the next day, that uh, two days, or it could even be in, in just uh, two hours because they have two-hour delivery with some of their items. All right, so there's an example of technology. Uh, number four is subscription. Well, what do you think Prime is? It's an annual fee, and for that annual fee, you get services, hence the subscription model. That's what's happening there. And uh, they also have subscribe and save, where you, on all the consumables you know you're going to be using on a regular basis, you subscribe to them and you save even more money. They're using the subscription model. Then, of course, delivery. Well, Amazon delivers. Of course they do. Now they, they deliver so many different ways. They use UPS, FedEx, the post office, and now they, you even see the Amazon truck show up. And it's fun to get an Amazon box. Talk about delivery. That's what they're all about. And part of uh, the reason they bought Whole Foods as a distribution center is for, for their grocery delivery. And now let's talk about access. We've already talked about that Amazon is the ultimate 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week retailer. You can shop there at 2 in the afternoon, 2 in the morning, dressed in your pajamas, or you can be in your business attire. It's up to you. 
and a typical online review, here's an example. Maybe I'm weird, but Amazon has never given me any reason to complain. I've been a customer since 2005 and have yet to have a bad transaction. I did have an order that seemed to take forever to arrive, but when I checked on it, it was coming from South Korea. Since then, I paid attention to where the Amazon partner is located. Anyway, it's really amazing that they are constantly getting these amazing reviews. And that partner, they now allow third-party retailers to come in and here's what happens if you see an item that amazon sells it might say this is available from a third-party retailer at an even less expensive price and then you have a choice do you want to buy from them or do you want to buy from amazon have to pay attention because if you decide to buy just at the lower price that may take a little bit longer especially if it's coming from korea but it doesn't matter the whole concept is Amazon is amazing with their technology, and now they're creating Amazon Go, which is a self-service grocery store. Uh, the first one opened in Seattle, and I just read an article that said they're trying to roll out about 3,000 of these stores in the next two to three years. But think about it. You walk in. You just pick up items off the shelf. You don't check out. You just walk out. It's amazing. All right, so that's an awful lot about Amazon, but they are the perfect case study for all six of these convenience principles. Now, not every company has to do all six. Sometimes you only have to do one. Some companies will find two or three to do, but I want you to keep in mind, big company, small company, business to business, business to consumer, solo entrepreneur, uh, even if you're a salesperson just calling on your customers, you can use ideas about taking the relationship to a better level simply by being more convenient. And let's take a quick little in-depth look at these different principles, um, quick and in-depth. That's kind of an oxymoron, contradicting each other. But what I want to do is give you an idea of what some of the companies that we use as case studies represented throughout the book so you can start to think about, wow, how can I be more convenient for my customer? And remember, the book is available uh, as of today, if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, October 2nd, 2018, today is the day that the book comes out. All right, let's start with reducing friction. It is exactly that. It means getting rid of, of any, you know, what I would call pain point. I just read an amazing article of which I'm going to actually write an article about this. The Wall Street Journal has done amazing things. They are a typical, typical subscription uh, type of business. They're a publication, and many publications are struggling. You know that. So what they do is in the middle of their articles, they write, would you like to subscribe? And a lot of people click on this, and they open it up, and there's a form for you to subscribe. And what they learned is people were abandoning the form, and they weren't subscribing. Why? They weren't sure. So what they started to do was eliminate different lines within the form, you know, different areas where the customer had to fill it out. And what they found was for every line that they eliminated, they increase their subscription rates by 1% to 3%. Eliminating friction made a higher return on their investment of this uh, technology of getting people to subscribe online. All right, so reducing friction. That's what it means, getting rid of pain points. So let's talk about the main case study, which is Uber. Now, Uber is a pretty big company, but they not only disrupted uh, – 
you know, a competitor, if you will. They disrupted an entire industry, the taxi cab industry. Think about it. Years ago, when I would live at home and uh, live at home, live in a house compared to where I live now in a condo. And in the condo, we're in an urban area. I can go downstairs and there's cabs and you can see them. They're, they're parked at the hotel just down the street. But before, when I lived in a home, I had to pick up the phone and call a taxi cab company. This was, this was before Uber. And they would tell me the driver would be out there in 15 minutes. Maybe the driver was or wasn't. Maybe I had the call back and say, hey, where's my taxi? Eventually, the driver gets there. I get in. I tell the driver where I'm going to go. They take me there. And I have no idea what it's going to cost. It depends on traffic. It depends on the route they take. And I finally get to the destination. And I pay the driver. And I leave. Now, that's the way it's always been. But Uber comes along and changes everything. They make it so much easier. Basically... I go on my phone, I open up the app, I can see how many drivers are around, how far away they are, and then I can type in the first few letters of my destination because it intuitively knows what I'm typing, and it knows, and it gives me options, and I click on the one, and that that just takes literally seconds to do, and then it tells me how much it's going to cost me. And it gives me a choice. Do I want to do a carpool? Do I want to do a, 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 you know, a private car? Do I want to do a nicer car? Do I want to do a big van or an SUV? It gives me these different choices. But whatever I choose doesn't matter. I can see how far away the driver is. I can actually, because it's like a little map, I can see the car driving down my street to pick me up. I get into the car, already know what it's going to cost. I've agreed to the, to the uh, cost. And the driver says, hi, Shep, and introduces his or herself to me, and then some. Sometimes they have a soda or a drink or a candy piece of candy or, or a, a thing to charge my phone. You know the wires to charge my phone. But then we get to the destination. I don't have to reach in my pocket. I just walk out, and it automatically happens because my credit card information is in the system, and that's how easy it is. The only friction that Uber has not figured out how to eliminate is the actual time in the car (laughs) and until we get into the days of star trek like beam me up scotty we're probably going to have to just drive in the car but they have figured out a way to reduce friction it's amazing companies need to look at ways to reduce friction number two and and here is self-service self-service is not just going onto a website and looking at a frequently asked question Uh, you know, format where we can get answers to our questions quickly. Although that could be it. You could go into a grocery store and there's a self-service lane, three or four places for people to just check out on their own. Uh, I love Salesforce. I just worked with Salesforce and I included them in the book. Salesforce has great self-service. If you've got a question about how to do something, you could go to their website, you can make a phone call, or you can go to YouTube and type in a question, and there's many videos. And by the way, Salesforce now has its own uh, uh, platform where it has these videos as well. But you can get videos not only from Salesforce, but from happy customers that love to share with you what they're doing and uh, how they're using you know, their different products and, and answers to your questions, frequently asked questions. So self-service, one of the keys of self-service, by the way, in anything you do that's self-service, keep this in mind. There needs to be human fallback. Somebody has to be there in case self-service doesn't work. Consider that. Don't forget it if you decide to do some type of self-service model. All right, let's look at the next one. Number three is technology. I used PayPal as an example of a great technology because if you decide to transfer money from here to there or from my bank account to a friend or a business, It's so easy to do today. And, of course, there's other 
versions of this like Venmo, and now PayPal owns Venmo, but there's other types of companies that do this. But think about how much easier they made it for us to transfer money. Then there's apps, apps on phones. If uh, I, I Just this morning, I had breakfast, and I used the No Wait app. The No Wait app is, is a little case study in the book. What that means is if I want to go to a restaurant and they're actually registered on the No Wait system, I could see how long the wait is, and I can put my name in over the phone. I don't have to go in, and now my name's on the list, and I can watch my name going up the list, and I can time my arrival based on how long they told me it was going to be uh, so that I don't have to wait, hence the No Wait app. But technology is a great way of looking for ideas and things that would become convenient for your customers. By the way, in the world of customer service, uh, when I and I'm specifically talking about support centers, if you decide to create a technology that makes it easy for the customer, make sure it's also easy for the employees to use as well. And that goes for almost any area of technology. If you're doing something for customers, it shouldn't become cumbersome or laborious to the agent or the employee that's trying to support the customer with a more complicated system. So keep that in mind. All right, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to cover the next three areas of convenience. I hope you're hanging in there. Again, the book is called The Convenience Revolution. It's available today at Amazon or at beconvenient.com. We're going to take a short break. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Hey, everybody. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Shep Hyken here, and we're going to cover the next three areas of convenience, the convenience principles. And number number four is subscription. I mentioned this before. Um, the subscription model is when somebody pays you for something and it becomes you know ongoing, and it could be... Uh, like with Amazon, subscribe and go. They're the consumables that you use over and over again. Today, companies are using the subscription model for all types of products, everything from dog food, Chewy.com, for example, to even the car industry, the automotive industry. Today, you don't have to buy a car. You don't have to lease a car. You don't have to rent a car. You can subscribe to a car. And specifically, you can subscribe to a manufacturer, which means that you can drive different types of the car. For example, uh, Porsche's Passport program, which is a little bit pricey, but hey, a Porsche is a high-end, you know, highly tuned, highly fined, engineered car. So there's different levels, but you can pay. And if you want to buy, uh, by the way, if you want to drive the $150,000 Porsche, you're going to have to pay more than if you were interested in buying, you know, uh, the subscription model that might have the lower end Porsches. But if you wanted to drive a convertible for a couple of weeks, three weeks, and then you realize, hey, I'm going to be taking a road trip. I don't want a convertible. I need something bigger. You can do the SUV and you can swap in and out of the different cars. You never own the car. 
and it's like white glove concierge service. They bring the car to you, they drop it off. It's absolutely amazing. So uh, even automobile manufacturers are using the subscription service, and there's Volvo, BMW, Cadillac, Lincoln, uh, Porsche, Jaguar. There's many different brands that are now doing this. The lead case study for this particular area, subscription, is Netflix. Everybody knows what Netflix is, hopefully, and that is you pay a fee and you get access to, I don't know, tens of thousands of programs, TV programs, movies, things like that. And they disrupted Blockbuster video years ago with the idea of, hey, let's create a subscription model where DVDs, those are actual discs, get mailed to you, and then the, the customer would mail them back, and then uh, Netflix would mail, mail you what was next on your list. And it was so much easier than walking down the street to the Blockbuster video store. And they did a pretty good job of, of redesigning that whole industry. But it was a subscription model that made it happen. And so many ways people and companies can use the subscription model far beyond traditional you know, publication, magazine, or newspaper. All right, let's real quickly look at delivery. And here's a great example of, of a smaller business. My car dealership, they're a single um, branded car dealership. And I had no idea I was ever going to buy a car from this particular dealership. I'd been doing business for more than 22 years with another dealership, bought in a, a, quite a few cars. And the reason I chose that dealership is, you know what, good price. I guess the service was pretty good. I can, couldn't really complain about that. And they were really close to where I lived. They were actually within a mile of my office. So if I wanted to drop my car off for service and they didn't have a loaner for me, I could actually walk to work if I had to. And I would say about maybe, oh, eh, 60, 70% of the time, almost, you know, yeah, they almost, almost two-thirds of the time, they would have a loaner for me. But when they didn't, you know, I just accepted it, walked to work. Sometimes on a bad day, they would, I would wait and somebody would take me to work. Well, one day I'm driving with my wife, and she says, that's the car I want you to look at. And we're at another dealership, which, by the way, my current dealership sells this car. I thought, what the heck? I'll go in and look at it. And while I'm in there, I tell the salesperson, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy this car from you, uh, so I don't really want to waste your time. He goes, well, why wouldn't you want to buy the car from me? I said, because, you know what, you're far enough away that it would probably take me a half hour, 40 minutes to get here. And then even if you gave me a loaner, then I'd go back to work. And then later on in the day, I'd come, you know, that's probably two, two and a half hours of me driving, I don't need, I, I, I would rather just stay where I'm at and, and it's right down the street from where I work. And the guy says, look, if you buy a car from me, look around, you don't see a waiting room. We have one, but it's very small. I will have the car when you need service, deliver a, a loaner car to you and it'll be a brand new demonstrator so you can try different versions of our brand. And then uh, at the end, when your car is ready, I will drop it off and take the loaner back, and no extra charge for that. Our prices are very competitive. He even wrote up the deal and said, now go go shopping and see if you could find a better deal. And I was blown away that he was competitively priced, and he was giving me this value add of service, the convenience of delivery that my other dealership, which, by the way, I went back and asked, would you do this? And they said, no, I'm sorry, we won't. End of story. I'm now getting ready to buy my third car from this other dealership. And I love telling that story because they're not a big company. They're just a single branded dealership. By the way, um, they, they're getting bigger. They're so successful. They're building a new beautiful building with a bigger service area because they're starting to grow their customer base, all because they're more convenient than their competitors. And finally is access. This is the sixth principle. Access is about 
Um, what hours of operation are you convenient to your customers? Uh, are logistically, are you convenient to your customers? Think about Starbucks in a, in a major city. Almost every block or so, you will run into a Starbucks. Walmart, did you know, and this is a great stat, that 90% of the population of the United States lives within 10 minutes of a Walmart. That's logistically convenient. But the company, and by the way, I use Starbucks and I use Walmart in the uh, case studies, but the company that I use as the lead case study was Huntington Bank. Huntington Bank recognized that bankers' hours were not convenient to their customers. So what did they do? They said, let's extend our hours every day so people after work can come to the bank and not have to rush during lunch hour and, and deal with the lines because it's so busy. But no, this is what we'll do. And guess what? They started to take away business from their competitors. Not only are they open extended hours during the week, they're also open on Saturdays, which many banks don't do. How do they disrupt their competition? They did it because of convenience. All right, there's so much more in the book about when it's not reasonable to be convenient. There are times that you shouldn't con- you should consider that hey, maybe this is too expensive or maybe this isn't right or maybe your customers are too demanding and maybe it's so much more than what the customer expects that they don't appreciate what you do. Many reasons for that. How an individual can be convenient to their individual customers. And by the way, that could be an employee Uh, dealing with an internal customer as well. So the book is called The Convenience Revolution. I've talked now for about a half an hour or so. I hope you have a pretty good idea of what the book is about. I hope you enjoyed this short little recap of the book. And again, The Convenience Revolution, how to deliver a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. We'll be back next week. We'll have another interview and we'll get back to the original format. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing and convenient. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.